You can find us at www.nojibbajabbafm.com, facebook.com slash nojibbajabbafm, uh, on Twitter at DeathKicksPod. Goodbye. <laughs> Wait, you can't, we can't leave yet. We can't do the, the credits at the end until we do the rest of it. And well, Don't make me do this episode. Welcome back. Uh, to, uh, is, that the, is that the proper greeting? Welcome. Now we want to welcome our people back and our new listeners in because... Woo, uh, people. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it's been a minute for us here on the show, and uh, um, we decided to come back with a pile of shit. Yeah. So <laughs> literally, I need this right here. This is talking. This. I'm gonna need this. Yeah. We are literally. These next two episodes gonna be covering sh- some some shit. Yeah, shitty so, sequels uh, is what we're calling this one-two punch right here. Yeah, and uh, without letting the cat out of the bag, at least the next one is competent. I mean, it's watchable. Yeah, <laughs> what we're about to get into right now. Honestly, I didn't know if the show would ever be make a comeback. You guys saw our Instagram post uh, a week or so ago. You s- saw my <laughs> my troubles, <laughs> but this is a uh, BM two, another BM. Oh, another BM is right. <laughs> Shitty sequels. Uh, we are talking about a movie we... I'm pretty sure we said we were not going to ever do. And I don't know how we decided to do it. I don't but either. Here, we, here are. we are. What is it, Jay? We, <laughs> we are doing the sequel to uh, one of my favorite movies from the 80s. None other than... Uh, Beastmaster. We are doing Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. Fuck my life. That's right. We're back to sword and sandals territory, boy. It's not sword and sandals, man. If you have to have this thing, yeah. you know what? We'll get there, but oh. Oh man. I and look, look, look. And I'll take all the blame for this one because I mean, I know you had trouble getting through it too, but we were supposed to do this back in like August and I could not get through it. That took me five sessions to get through the first viewing. Yeah. Yeah, it took me a while to get And then I was just telling my friend, I told you the same thing, but actually I was just telling my friend a couple hours ago while I was watching uh, this one for the, you know, for my notes and whatnot that at one point I even invited Quentin. I said, I need, I need his help. <laughs> He's got to get through this. And he looked at me and said, "Are you niggas? You crazy? <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this." I said, "But you usually make stuff funny and bearable." He said, "I am not dealing with this. You deal with this by yourself, or you turn this off and we can hang out. Otherwise, I'm gone." <laughs> I said, "All right." So I turned it off and I hung out with Quentin. Um, now, yeah. So last, so last week, that's why I had to turn to the Anaconda malt liquor. Leon.
Anaconda St. James for Anaconda Malt Liquor. With a delectable combination of the finest barley and hops, it's the only malt liquor that carries the seal of excellence from Uncle Sam himself. And when you pop the top, the panties drop. Is that Anaconda Malt Liquor? The only malt liquor to be approved by the United States government? That's right, Anaconda Malt Liquor. But uh, now, before we get into this movie, uh, you know, we say before that we don't do a lot of research for our topics, which is great for a podcast when we're talking about uh, different things. But um, after watching this movie, I started doing a little bit of research on it, and I started looking at the first movie just to see why, you know, where this weird departure was for for this uh, sequel. And we didn't bring it up in the first movie, in our first episode, which I forget what the episode number was on that one. But can can you look it up while I uh, go over this? Yeah, you do. And I'll look it up. Um, Apparently, we... Um, this the first movie, Beastmaster, is episode thirty-four. By the way, thirty-four. Okay, it is loosely based on a book from nineteen fifty-nine by a woman named Andre Norton. She wrote this book called The Beastmaster. Um, it now this book was completely different than the movie entirely. In this book, it is about a Navajo Indian. Um, from the future, named Hosteen Storm. Wait, who, what? What? Yeah, he, he was a, a Navajo fighter from the uh, future who left who left Earth, and yeah, the the whole book t- takes place in like a dystopian future. But he left Earth and goes to this other planet, and he brings along these animals that. Um, are genetically modified and and he has this telepathic r- rapport with huh um, these two writers Paul Pepperman and Don Cosarelli Coscarelli I think that's how you say it uh, took her book and took just elements of the book and turned it into this whole sword and sandals thing because like we said before you know Conan was blown up big uh, Red Sonya was was big, so they they took just the animal elements of it and uh, you know created this sword and sandals thing. Uh, the writer Andre Norton hated it so much that she had her name removed from the credits of the movie. She didn't even want people to know that it, it was based on her book. Well, I would too, because you know after what you just told me there, I kind of feel like I wanted to see that movie. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that one. see what happened there, and it's like, yeah, you've taken my source material, wiped your ass with it, and come up with this. Yeah, I don't even want to be associated with it. Yeah, and and after that book came out, she wrote a sequel, um, like in the nineties. Here, let me get it pulled up here because she wrote like. I just want to get this right. Yeah, she had a sequel in 1962. 
then three more books after that came out in 2002, 2004, 2006. But the last three books were written with this co-author, Lynn McConchie. And basically, Lynn took Andre Andre's notes and wrote the story because Andre had passed away and then Lynn wrote the next two books after that. So, I mean, this book series was still going on even in the 2000s. Now, I didn't even know there was a book series. Yeah, except I for didn't... like, well, I guess I guess in the credits it said based on the book Beastmaster, but I would have thought it was it was this. I didn't know it was something completely different. Yeah, and uh, you know, I said all that to say this: when the seat when they decided to start making this sequel, um, Andre's publisher came out and said, "Okay, you, I know you didn't like the last script, but this will help book sales if you." let your, your name be used for this one so th- this one she okayed her name to be put on it which was a huge mistake oh <laughs> huge mistake but anyway <laughs> wow <laughs> this movie um, the original movie the Beastmaster came out in 1982 they waited a full 10 years for this sequel to come out and <laughs> this they, they brought back Mark Singer who looks a hell of a lot older. You know, he looks rough. Um, but he is back as Dar, the Beastmaster. And then they, they brought in some uh, some other character actors from the early 90s to be in this movie. I first saw this film on USA Up All Night, uh, which we had, we, we did an episode of not that long ago when we talked about Up All Night. Oh yeah, yeah. spoke about that episode fifty-seven. You know, and now I that. think about it, I think that's where we decided to talk about Beastmaster. In in, in our discussions of okay. up all night, it came up, and then we we said, "Hey, let's let's just do it." Maybe that's what it did, but God, we stepped in it because yeah. you saw how hard it was to get here. Um, yeah. All right, now. So, I again, I say all that stuff to say this because the. <laughs> This movie is ludicrous, and it pays no attention to what the first movie did, like at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, like for instance, for instance, one big difference is that Rue is no longer painted black. Yeah, and see, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think I know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know why too, because they said, "Hey, we got tired of repainting him during takes, and then seeing the finished product where we missed a spot." No, see, I, I think. See, in 81, you know, they're, they're filming, or 82, they're, they're filming Beastmaster and everything. They, they got this tiger painted black and everything. And Peter happens to come by one day. You know, hey, you know, we're Peter. We're just checking on the welfare of the animals. And, and some some production assistant took a, a tarp and threw it over Rue real quick. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, uh, okay, we see, here, we see some horses. Um, we heard that th- there was a, a tiger in this movie, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the the tiger isn't filming t- today, so he's on the it's a big cat reserve, so he doesn't have to be on set, and he's got the finest care, you know, ever, and and he's just wonderful and fine." Meanwhile, there's this tarp behind him, it's just moving around. <laughs> So then, cut to when the movie comes out, <laughs> and Peter sees this this fucking tiger painted all black. 
up to the studio say hey we know know what you motherfuckers did we better not see you you paint the, this tiger again like, oh, no, don't worry we're not making a sequel so cut to 10 years and and studio thinks okay it's been enough time let's make this movie now so they start making the movie uh, you know, and guys of Peter are sitting around and they're having their sandwiches. All of a sudden, this Peter dude comes storming in. And he's like, I heard they're doing Beastmaster 2 in the desert. Come on. <laughs> and so they all pile in the and they go out to the desert just in time to see. Yo. <laughs> it, it's two, two men, one holding the tiger, and one, one's got like black spray paint all over the, the ground. And he's about to start spraying that tiger. Peter rolls up, hey. You're not gonna paint that tiger, are you? Uh, <laughs> he nope, does. Uh, this, he, he does the Fresh Prince of Bel Air thing where he pretends like it's deodorant. <laughs> 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 no, this is just coincidence. And uh, Peter decides guard. to stay on set the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of wish I could see that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hey, let's get it. It's Lance Reddick is the head of PETA. <laughs> nice try, Beastmaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, okay, th- this movie starts off with a crawl. And basically says, after the death of Lord Zed, uh, darkness has fallen over the land. And there's this evil, evil uh, warlock named Arklon. He's using magic and has enslaved the people. Their only hope rests in rebel forces uh, marshalling under the Beastmaster. Okay. So, this is basically saying everything that Dar's little brother has done means nothing. Because, you know, at the end of the first movie, Dar and and, uh, little brother and Seth have all I guess failed <laughs> because there's still the Jun Horde running around and still have the people enslaved. That is the man. Yeah. So, so just to uh, just to reiterate why we call this shitty sequels is because it it shits upon the movie that came before it and leaves no explanation. Yeah, because in the at the end of the first movie, um, Seth played by. Uh, I forget his name. John Amos. Uh, yeah, John John Amos. James Evans. Uh, he uh, says, you know, you you are the older brother. You are the one who should should be king. You're King Zed's, you know, firstborn. He's like, no, I don't want one to be king. I'm just gonna go out into the wilderness and you know live in my animal. I'm just gonna be the beastmaster. Yeah. So. You know, his little brother, whose name I also forget, he's supposed to be the king now and in charge of everybody and never supposed to be free because King Mayak's dead and the Jun Horde is dead. Or at least the leader of the Jun Horde is dead. You know, it, it's supposed to be over. But apparently it's not. Or at least in this movie. And cut to where we see um, it's these riders going into like this big mountain cave and they've got a prisoner with, with, with a, uh, a bag over his head and they're riding into this temple and you meet uh, uh, who I'm calling Great Value um, 
oh, what the fuck is his name? Who's the who, who's the dude from the wrestler? Oh, Mickey Rourke. Um, yeah, <laughs> great value, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> That's all like I can and uh, it's uh, dude's uh-huh. name is actually Wing Hauser. I, yeah. I think he's been in a lot of like '90s stuff as a bad guy, but he looks like like a, a discount uh, Mickey Rourke in this movie. And you know, he he's pl- playing Lord Arklon, and he's he keeps playing with his hair, and he's just being all you know '80s menacing, basically. Right, and they, they bring this hooded guy in into this uh, this temple and take the hood off his face, and it's dark, looking really old, looking really old. And this is... you know, we met. Now I do remember in episode thirty-four, we were saying how he looked like He-Man from uh, Master of the Universe, and now he's acting like He-Man because He-Man was a wuss in that movie where they were just had him bound or were just carrying him around like he didn't. Mm-hmm. fight his way out same thing with Dar they got a bag over his head like you tell me he can't fight his way out of this yeah he's got a bag over because his head it. he's got and hell he can still talk to animals with his you know he should be right yeah yeah oh, the bird flies belt. in and you know he's got the the two uh, ferrets with him which that also doesn't make sense because one of the ferrets died last time <laughs> Wait, a minute, did the ferret die? Now, now, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, he got thrown in in the fire. Remember, he 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 bit uh, Rip Torn in the neck, and he oh pulled him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Threw him in the fire. Right. Pit. Okay. So anyway, they're about to execute him, but then the two ferrets get out and chew his ropes free, and you know the. Uh, bad guy Archon is doing his you know typical bad guy speech you know I'm I'm the bad guy and blah 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 I'm gonna take over the world with this magic and this that and the other Dar gets free and just starts fighting and then uh, I, I think Rue shows up at one point and he's helping out and as they're, they're fighting and trying to escape um, the the eagle flies in and scratches Archon's face all up and then uh, they all escape and they run away yeah and it's funny because he keeps saying the vultures will have their feast and every time he says that well first of all if that were the case I mean he can talk to the vultures so you would think you wouldn't even uh, even say that but uh, right when he says that that's when the bird springs into action and just tries to tear his eyeball out yeah yeah and that's the weird thing is because in this movie, um, he doesn't do a lot of talking to the animals at all. I mean, throughout the whole thing, you really don't see him, you know, do much animal talking. Though, I mean, I guess you'll sort of see why once he gets there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in in these opening scenes, you really don't see him communicating the way he was in the first right. movie. And. And that, that's not this movie. I think is rated PG, or at least PG thirteen compared to the first one, which I'm pretty sure was R. It had to be they because they had nude bodies like in the opening scenes. Yeah, it it had a lot of nudity, but this one d- doesn't have any really. And <laughs> it's I don't know I don't know how to describe it other than 
I mean, the fight scenes aren't as good. There's a lot of nut shots for some <laughs> reason. Yeah, I noticed that. Everyone's getting kicked in the nuts. And, and you know, basically Dar and, and the animals escape. And then it cuts again to another, what, you know, week later or something? Something like that. And now there's there's these uh, rebels walking down this uh, like valley, and they're walking along it, and they're they're dragging this uh, woman who's all tied up, and she looks like Evil Inn, but she's like a she's a a witch. Yeah, a witch. And they, they with ask the her, most awesome perm I've ever seen for like 500 BC or whenever this was supposed to have taken place. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's full on eighties blowout right there, man. Some German the holograms type <laughs> but, shit right there. Yeah, but you know they've got her tied up, and they're using her to sort of tell where the uh, well. Say this, uh, Lord Arklon is a Jun, and he's like leader of the Jun horde, who thought dispersed after the first movie. But apparently they did not, and and that they're using the, this witch to have her use her power so she can, you know, keep an eye on the Jun Horde's troop movements. And she's standing there, and she does her little like mind thing, and she sees that that Arklon and the Huns are actually around the corner. So she lies and says, "Oh yeah, they're uh, they're." they're on the other side of the valley, we'll we'll be able to to get through here just fine. So, so then uh, the the leader of the, this little rebel group says, "If if you're lying to me, I'm gonna cleave your black heart from your bosom." Yeah. Then, after that, she, she goes, <laughs> "It's like oh, she puts her hand on his on his underleg, and she's like, well, surely a man of your stature could do something, or could do something better with my bosom, couldn't you?'" And she just kind of points him in his face. Yeah. He looks at her. He's like, "I know what you're thinking, but I am gay, so no, go away." Yeah. And then, as soon as he rebuffs her, it, it is actually a cool shot. He gets an arrow right. In the <laughs> yeah. Neck. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, this is what started annoying me. The very first first time I watched this, she goes, "Well, I guess he got the point." So she's doing like little quips, and she'll do that for a while. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I can't stand this. I turned it off. I started up again another yeah, day. she does that. She does that a lot. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Archon comes riding up, and he's he's got this he's got this magic scepter, and it looks kind of like a, a hourglass because it's got two like balls on either end of it. You sure it wasn't a Chinese it's synthesizer, got- like on from <laughs> from <Hina? laughs> No, it, it's it's like a, a wand, but it's got two globes, like white globes on the top and bottom of it. And then there's a dragon sitting on top of one of the globes. And when he aims it, you get this really bad cartoon green laser that shoots yeah. out of it. Yeah, he shoots the, this he shoots this cartoon green laser out of this uh, thing. And, <laughs> and this one Chinese of these, synthesizer. Yeah, one of the uh, the other rebels that is on a horse, they like uh, 
they see Archon, so they decide to charge at him head first. So he's got this scepter thing, and he aims at the dude. And this is another cool shot because he shoots the dude right in the face. His face explodes; it catches on fire and explodes. He flips. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool, though. But those are like the only two good shots in this whole movie. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like that. The first one, well, well, you know, the first one had better better action than that. But it kind of was like that for like in the first one too, where the opening scene like had a or the opening the early uh, sequences had a really cool fight scene, and then or some really cool stuff happened, and then then kind of goes into weird weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you know it's it's the Jun Horde just basically annihilating this uh, this rebel group with styrofoam boulders and yeah, <laughs> like this paper mache shit because he he shoots with the lasers and they explode like pull the ground out of them explodes and they just start rolling. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they're like oh oh. <laughs> There's this one shot and they're selling where... it like it's. <laughs> There's one shot oh, where the bull, where the boulder rolls over this guy and his horse, and he's laying on the ground, and the the boulder rolls over him and stops <laughs> on top of him, and then <laughs> spinning, just because it's so light, Carter Starfoil just spinning on his chest. I mean, <laughs> it's screaming bloody murder. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that the editing is so bad they don't cut away from that so that you don't catch on to the fact that it's papier mache but they they that camera lingers right there you can't <laughs> oh shit god this movie sucks yeah, so, uh, so after that happens um the witch comes out of the out of the the rubble and stuff and she's like oh lord archon you're so totally tubular or something. She says some weird 80s line. I'm like, wait, what? She said a few women in mind like that too because then he, I forget what he says in, re- in response to her. She tells him to like, she doesn't say chillax, but something like that. Chill out or cool your jets uh, or something like no, that. No, she, she says be cool, dude. Yeah. And, and then, like, what well, the I'll, fuck I'll, is happening? I'll pull the clip and, and put it in here. Lord Arklon, maximum ruler of A-Rock, be any concern of yours. Chill out, Lord Dude. You know. She she's like, why? Or he's like, why are you speaking like that? She's like, well, I've been looking through this portal and and this other place called L.A. And you know, if if, if you well, take me with you, I'll I'll help you get that power or something like that. She doesn't say that just yet. She's just like I. She says she can show him a, uh, a source of immense power. That's right. Yeah, that's beyond right. this cave or whatever. So he's gonna take her to see it, or he's gonna he's she's gonna take him to see it, and then he does the same thing. He's like, "Okay, but if you were lying, I wish I know you're gonna cleave my black heart through my bosom." And he like looks at it like, mm, "No, I was gonna say me and my people are gonna have a red Sonia party with you, and then we'll cut <laughs> your heart out, but." <laughs> But yeah. take me to this immense power, and so like, uh, do they go? Do they cut away or do they go straight there? I can't remember. No, they they cut away because we meet more of Dar's fucked up family. So it's like nighttime now. Oh, and, oh and, yeah, and, I forgot about and, this. <laughs> 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 what the? Fuck? 
Marcus is with you, man. <laughs> I don't See, Jay, stop. Stop right here. You know something, Jay. <laughs> we got into podcasting. I, I let me talk, let me speak for myself. I got into podcasting. <laughs> this one in particular. Because these are conversations that we have anyway. About <laughs> stuff from the eighties and the nineties and just reminiscing on our childhood and just shit from back then and how it's different now and just you know just having a good time and we figured we would record these conversations because they're pretty cool and people would share some of the same memories as us and enjoy it and then on the production side we can use a little creativity use a little ingenuity and really make it dope and i think we've done that and for what it's worth we got a pretty nice following and you know we got you know listeners coming in and out and whatever the case it's a cool conversation pete you know when we watch movies like this and we get to scenes like this it makes me wonder why do i even do this and where where was the wrong turn in my life like what has my life become because this shit right here this is worse than those than those bird people from the first one yeah this is terrible (laughs) i don't (laughs) you it's been you know while while Arklon was taking out these rebels you know after Dar escaped from, from that temple he told a group of his uh soldiers to hunt Dar down and don't come back until you know he's dead so you know while, while all that other rebel stuff was going on Dar has been running from these Juns and he runs it's nighttime now and he's in this like swamp and he's he's going around this this swamp all carefully and stuff um <clears throat> and it shows the juns are there too and all of a sudden the juns start getting taken out and you think it's dar at first or you know even even rue dar's tiger but it's it's not and you see dar come up on one of the bodies of these jun guys and he's still alive and he's like turn back run for your life so so <laughs> Dar starts to run and this great value swamp thing monster comes <laughs> out. oh my god this thing this thing I know why they had to film at night because this thing looks horrible you know it's covered in this green mossy stuff and it's obviously an actor that's on stilts uh, to make it taller. And it's got this, it looks, you know what it looks, we, we were talking about um, Beast, or, uh, He-Man just now. You remember Karg? Car- yeah. He was the, the made for the movie guy. He had the big mane of white hair. Yes. And everything. It, it looks like a bad Karg Halloween mask. <laughs> and and it's got this move where if it stares at you, these like uh, yellow beams come out of its eyes, and it does it to Rue first, and Rue just like freezes and then runs away, and then it's about to start doing it to Dar, but Dar puts his hand out, and in the first movie, you showed that uh, that Dar has this brand in his uh, palm because when he was a baby he was his, his he was he tried to break into the McAllisters 
and he opened he opened the front the front door and burned it into his hand like Harry. <laughs> I wish it was that that easy, but no. When he was a baby in his mom's womb, uh, the evil sorcerer from the first movie and these witches did a magic spell to put the baby from the mother's womb into the womb of this cow. And then when the cow gave birth to the baby, they took this brand on the baby's palm and it looks like a like a tower temple kind of thing. And then they, they were going to sacrifice Dar to their gods. It was still never explained why that was their idea, but... No. But anyway, he has... This don't explain it either. He has this brand. And so the, the monster you know, does the yellow light thing and Dar has his hand up trying to block it. The monster sees it and all of a sudden just starts fucking talking. She's like... <laughs> he's like, that Mark, you're... You're Dar. He's like, wait, what? He's like, you don't know me, but I'm your aunt. (laughs) 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 Because because apparently she was a witch, too. And she was into the dark arts and and she fucked around too much and turned into this, this swamp thing monster. Man. And and she was like, your your father was so upset, especially after your first, your first, uh, your older brother was taken as well. And he's and Dar's like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, because you, you have he a had a younger brother. brother. Now he's up with another brother. Now, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, you had an older brother, but he was kidnapped by the Jun Horde. <laughs> And um, and so then then your your father King Zed tried to have you, and then when you got taken, oh he was so distraught, and, and I turned into this swamp monster, and I'm been living out here, but I'm dying now because you stabbed me when we were fighting. <laughs> and I just I just want to give you <laughs> I just want to give you the wisdom. Go to the west. Oh shit. And find your brother. He's he's become a Jun now. He but, but you need to find him and 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 make your family whole. And Dar never says, "Well, I've got a little brother that's king now." Never well, says that. Never brings it up. Well, because I don't think the movie even cares. I think they just forgot about it themselves. But then he's like, "Hey, wait, where are you going?" And he says, "I don't want you to watch me die." So he walks off camera. So, <laughs> oh god! So God, I hate this movie. Oh, so he's he's like, it, I don't know if they were trying to go for like a, a Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars kind of thing. You know, there is another Skywalker, right? But he's but he's like, I have a brother, and so he starts heading east to to find his brother. Oh, uh, in the meantime. Uh, Arklon and this witch I forget her name I don't think did, did they give her a name? I don't think so they just keep calling her witch yeah but um, they find this portal well they find the, the cave and she's he's like what have you taken me? where is this immense power that you tell me that you tell me 
that you that you that you speak of, and then that's when she like uh, reaches her hand out and shows him. This is a place called L.A. Yeah, yeah, and she she's like, no, no, no. There 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 are things here of of incredible power. There they have war machines and this that and the other. And oh, I, I guess we we should mention that also. Uh, because of the eagle attack, he's now wearing like this half a face mask. He looks like uh, Kano oh, from yeah. Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah, and she says, "Yeah." So she tells him this that, that he can he can rule the world and she'll be his queen. Yeah, and, and that's where she 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 says that she learned all this lingo is because she's been looking through this portal and and seeing that this other other universe. And she's she's like, uh, you know, I can open the or I can see through the portal, but I can't open it. You have to use your scepter's power in order to open the, the portal and we can go through. Right. And you need me because I'm the only one who can get you back out. Yeah. So that's why when and, your queen, he's like, well, that explains. He's like, do you also get your hair done at that time travel? Because I've never seen anyone else with hair like yours. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I'll show you when we get there. Come on. <laughs> so then um oh she she tapped us some you know the, there's the, this weapon called a uh a, a nuclear what is it neutron a, detonator a neutron detonator it's basically a nu- nuclear bomb which is a lot we didn't uh, we don't even have those in 2018 we didn't have that in 1990 yeah i mean we had nuclear bomb we did not have <laughs> neutron detonators no not even close god so so then he tries to go through the portal but it shuts down so he's like he's like all right but let's kill her because this portal doesn't work and she's she's like no you have to use your your scepter to do it and so you know he aims his scepter at the portal and it opens up and then all of a sudden it cuts back to LA and we see um Carrie Wurr, 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 who uh, is much younger in th- this movie, but she will turn in into, you know, as the 90s go on, she will be like queen of uh, Skinamax and USA Up All Night, softcore. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's that's kind of in keeping with the original, though. That's probably the one the one uh, through line they kept where they get like somebody who's like queen of B movies, like Tanya Roberts. Now they got Carrie Wurr. Yeah, but I, she wasn't a she she wasn't Carrie Wurr yet. She was she was young in this. Yeah, that's true. And she she looks like a great value Tiffany in this movie. <laughs> you think they probably wanted to cast Tiffany, and she was like, yeah, hell no maybe because they, there's a, a part where they, they play a Tiffany style kind of song and she's like kind of singing along to it well there's a part where she even explains <clears throat> that she's a singer or trying to be yeah she, well, I, feel right. like, I feel like they might have tried to cast Tiffany and she didn't want anything to do with this shit yeah so then they got Carrie Wurr and so she's driving along and she's speeding so she's being chased by the cops which is not possible because no. well, first of all you cannot I mean even you, you outrun the cops they do have your license plate they can find you but they also see her because she's in a convertible and the cop even says hey it's the senator's daughter the crazy one yeah and it's daylight 
So, and they, I guess they, they established that she is a terrible driver. And so you see her, she's, she's cutting around, trying to go through all these back alleys and stuff. All of a sudden, I don't know how she's not paying attention, but she starts I, driving straight towards a fucking brick wall. That pissed me off too, because she took the alley and it's like at the last second where she realizes it's a brick wall and it's a dead end. She doesn't like sit yeah. on the way down. You're like, oops, maybe I shouldn't go this way or go elsewhere. Or I'm here. Fuck, let me hit the brakes. She just keeps going for it. Yeah, because it's not like the brick wall came up on her all of a sudden. She turned down this alley, went down at least a block because you see, because as she's driving down this alley, a cop car comes in from another alley to come in behind her. Right. So it's not like she doesn't see the brick wall that she's heading straight for. But she's heading for it anyway. And she runs through it. And, you know, the portal is, is there. So, right, because she looks up and like, ah, ah! And then the, you think the crash is going to happen. And she goes right through it. And then the cops yeah. are even dumber because they can, I mean, it's not like the, it's not like, you know, she's not in a in a truck or some type of semi-truck where you can't see around it. They're following a convertible. They can see it as a brick wall, too, and they don't stop either. They just keep gunning for it. They go right through yeah, so they, they all go through, and and she's you know flooring it. So she goes through the portal and drives right past Archon. Archon's like, "What the fuck?" Right, but then the cops <laughs> they actually do attempt to hit the brakes, and they slide through and come through the portal. <laughs> they come through and smash, and like, "Oh, what the hell!" And one guy's looking like, "What the? What, what the fuck?" And the guy's like, "I don't think we survived that crash. Is this heaven or hell?" Now the guy says, this is neither heaven nor hell. This is time travel. <laughs> I wish they said that. <laughs> but they're like, they they come through and the cops are like, you know, what the fuck is this? You know, um, they, they come out. And, and for, first they, they think that they're like a hippie commune or something. Like, oh, all right, guys, you know, what are you doing? And so then the the Jun Horde pull out their crossbows and start aiming them at him. And they're like, whoa, okay, so now it's the situation. So now they pull out their guns. <laughs> yeah, he tells them to drop their yeah. weapons. And they just, and they fire them crossbows at him, just hit them. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then they... <laughs> this is funny, by the way, too. You know what? We keep talking about He-Man because, again, all... Uh, in episode 34 we were saying that he looked more like He-Man than Dolph Lundgren did and probably would have made a better He-Man but now they're actually if, I feel like they're actually aping the Masters of the Universe movie because remember how that one <laughs> that one cop <laughs> he was over there once he came over to Eternia and he kept trying to arrest people like he has jurisdiction over oh, there yeah. <laughs> same thing <laughs> like you're under arrest like <laughs> oh, yes it's like that cop refused to get out of the movie. <laughs> it's the same thing. The same thing happens on here. Yeah, and, and the two cops jump in one of the cop cars together, and they're just like trying to hide there, but it's not working out. So then they they jump out of the car again, and then they jump back through the portal and end up back in L.A. <laughs> and they're like, you know, were, were we dreaming or you know what what's going on? Yeah, they was like, well, we lost the entire car. Who's gonna report it? He's like, I'm not. Well, I'm not either. Well, just, well, 
one way or another, that's gonna get that. That's gonna have to be explained. But right now, we're just not gonna talk about it. They just leave. Yeah. So they just walk away, and then the Jun Horde turns around and sees that um, uh, the girl is still there. <laughs> so she guns it, and she keeps driving. She drives into the desert, and Archlon sends a bunch of Horde guys after her, you know, to bring her back. And you know she drives until the car just runs out of gas. It's dead, and she grabs her stuff out and just starts walking. But where into the night? Right. Where Where are you going? Yeah. And it cuts to the next morning where she's laying on the ground, and and she's she's sleeping, and, and Rue comes up on her, and she starts like. Because Rue's breathing on, on her, so she thinks it's one of her boyfriends or something. And it starts licking her, and, and she's talking about, you know, don't do that. It's It, it tickles, but it's gross or something. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then she wakes up and sees this giant tiger over her. Man, and, in that scene right there, that's one of the ones where I wish, I wish he was still painted black. Just because... Just, just to see like what the reaction might have been. Now, you see a tiger, you're already freaked out enough. But you see a tiger that's painted black, and you know he's, you know he's not a panther. You know it's a tiger. And just see what <laughs> kind of thoughts might have been gone through her mind. And they have dark yeah. it. They try to. They try every time Peter wasn't looking. They bring them spray cans up. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Peter turned around. They put it back down. Nice try, Beastmaster. <laughs> so then. So then she's standing there, and and uh, Dar comes strolling up. And at first you think Dar's gonna uh, try that move he tried with uh, with uh, Tanya Roberts in the first movie, where he uses <laughs> Rue to hit on her, <laughs> but he doesn't. He just starts going through her shit. And <laughs> well, see, I think if she was dressed like Tanya Roberts was, you know like of the time then maybe he would have but because she looks so different he's just more confused than anything yeah yeah but I mean this whole scene he plays like a big man child he's just a big idiot see and it would make make sense once he I mean kind of reading ahead here once he gets over to the other side but here you're in your own time your own world you shouldn't be yeah he just plays like a big dumb idiot and it's stupid but (laughs) he's he's telling her that you know he's going he's going uh, west to find his brother, and he's pulling out all of his animals and and showing her all the animals and stuff. And, and she thinks he's she thinks that she's still in L.A. and in, in the desert somewhere, and this is just some crazy hippie. Which uh, I mean I, I I can buy it sorta, except for the fact that she went through a brick wall <laughs> to yeah. get there. <laughs> I mean, if they'd done that a little bit better, I could buy it. Because, you know, if you think about how she was driving, you could assume, you know, even though they didn't say it, you could assume there's implied that she was under the influence. And then she gets out of here yeah. and then she's, you know, out in the desert somewhere or away from town. But the fact that she went through a brick wall to get here, that's why I'm like, yeah, there's not this disconnect. Yeah, and she keeps asking for, you know, well, which way is L.A. and which way is this and, and home and and Beverly Hills and Dar's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going west. So he just leaves. <laughs> and she, she's like, well, are you going to leave me here with this tiger? 
And then the tiger gets up and walks away. So then she grabs her shit and starts following him. And they walk for a while until they come up on the uh, horde again. And well, no, I take the back. They 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 stop for the night, and then he starts trying to uh, tell his uh, story, his origin story there. Right. And they're sitting by the fire, and then this is Peter's other moment because Peter's like, "All right, they didn't paint the tiger black. It's great, got him. It, this is perfect. They're sitting in theater for for." Uh, Beastmaster 2, the port portal of time, and they're ready and they're, they're sort of enjoying it because it's the 90s and it's, you know, tongue in cheek satire kind of thing for this movie. All of a sudden, they hear this uh, howling and the screen pans over to the hill and you see these two fucking dogs in this. <laughs> they have put this weird, like, lizard armor on these dogs. <laughs> And Dar's like, oh, those are uh, fear hounds or something like that. There's <laughs> dogs in, you know, um, at Halloween time when when they have those dog Halloween costumes and it just yeah. looks like a like a bad dinosaur costume and it's just ill fitting, right? So <laughs> it's one of those. It's <laughs> two dogs wearing these stupid. It looks like, oh God, I'm looking. It looks, it, it's got like a spike tail like a dinosaur, but you can clearly see where it's like a, like a uh, triceratops head, but the dog's head is poking out of where the, um, <laughs> where the horns and stuff would be. Peter turns around the producer of the movie, God damn it, you it was a ruse. They had him see. They had him distracted with the with the black with, you know, with the with the spray paint. While, meanwhile, they were they were suiting up these these dogs. Think <laughs> you would think, you would think if, if they're going to introduce the these these uh, death hounds or death wolves, whatever they were calling them, that there would be a scene with, with them. But no, it's just these two dogs on a hill, and then you see them sort of trot away. You never well, see. That's typical Beastmaster fashion right there because they did the same thing with Rue. They don't explain why the tiger's black when tigers are black. Yeah, but they why, don't explain gonna... why these, they don't explain why these dogs are here either. Yeah, but you would think, <laughs> oh, okay, if, if if these dogs are here, then that means one of them, like, berserker dudes from, from the first movie would show up. That'd be a cool callback. You know, just something would happen, but nothing happens, and they go to sleep, and Dar's like, don't worry, I'll protect you. I'm the Beastmaster. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they wake the next day and the Junks well, have found them. Before they wake, though, she gets mad because she's trying to put the moves on Dar the whole time. And like I say, he's being a man-child. But he also, like I said, I think he's more confused by her than anything. That's why he's, you know, he's not really seeing her in that way. Yeah, I guess and, so he tells her to lay down. So she lays down, and he goes. He goes. He leaves with Rue to go curl up somewhere else. And she's like, "Uh, what's that cat have that I don't?" Yeah. You know this like woman. This guy walks around outside in a loincloth. He's dirty. He doesn't shower. You don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you, <t> <laughs> you, just, you really don't. I'm surprised they didn't ask. Wait, are 
you my cousin? What would that matter? <laughs> he knew it was his cousin last time and didn't care. Yeah, I know. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's you are. Oh. So <laughs> like, are no, I only. Related somehow? I, I only sacrificed my cousin. Sorry. Yeah, nah. Nah, I can't. We're not related. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then, He's related uh, to that swamp thing. Yeah, but that's Zan. That's. And plus, she looks, she looks like a demon. Well, he likes animals. He draws the line somewhere. I guess so. Man, I'm looking at a scene right now. God, he looks so worse for the wear. His eyes are all sunken. And yeah, uh, I don't geez. know what's going on with Mark Singer back then. I mean, it was like ten years, but still at the same time. I mean, uh, you know, aging ten years. It's not. It's not like it was twenty years or thirty years. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, and he's lost some of that muscle tone that he had. Yeah. Because he, he was fucking ripped in that first one. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, the, the next morning comes, and these three Jun Horde guys are, are there. And they've got these green balls that look like it's the top and bottom of that scepter. But they as they're riding up, they throw them on the ground, and they make this smoke. And it, it knocks everybody out. So they grab the girl, Carrie Were, and then they take off. So then you see uh, uh, Dar, you know, it, he comes out, out of it after a little bit, gets on a horse, and he takes off with, with uh, Rue behind him. Um, and they're, they're riding and riding and riding and riding. And the witch opens the portal. And Carrie's like, oh, wow, that's my home. And and uh, Archon says, you are going to take me to the Nuclon, or the Neutron Detonator. And, and she's like, I don't know where that is. And she was, or she, she says, my dad might know. Well, wh- no, she doesn't say that. She says, oh, yeah, I can, because she just wants to go home. Oh, yeah. Because that's why they brought her, because they said, you're going to lead me to the Neutron Detonator. She's like, oh, yeah, I can tell my dad. He's got a whole warehouse full of these things. He's got them in his garage. He's got them in his bathroom. You know, let's just go. And the witch is like, be careful of treachery. Something like that. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I can tell tell you exactly where it is. She just wants to get the hell out of there, go out get out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. So the witch opens the portal, and then uh, Archon takes the scepter and, like, makes it so they can... Because I, I guess you can go in to the Beastmaster world from L.A., but you can't go the other way into L.A. from the Beastmaster world. Yeah, it's weird. I guess that's what it is. So, so Archon leaves two to the Jun dudes behind to watch the uh, portal. Dar comes rolling up, and he's he he kills both the guards and jumps through the portal with Rue just as Archon turns around and like shuts it and then he um, he shoots this pipe that explodes well no just before he, he shoots this pipe um, he he turns around and he sees the, the Beastmaster there Beastmaster puts his hand up he says stop you know leave her there and Archon looks and he sees Dar's, you know, brand on his palm. And then Archon looks at his hand, and Archon's got the same fucking brand on his on his hand. 
and he shows his brand to Dar. And so they're like, brother, you're my brother. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, like the stepbrother scene. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they find out that they're brothers. But then it's the whole thing is that they're treating it like they're the only two brothers. If if Archon's the leader of the Horde, then he knows he's got another brother that's king now. Right. And and why did the Jun Horde ga- give him the same uh, brand on, on his hand? I mean, because there was no screenplay. Play. That's why. Yeah, none of it's really <laughs> it's, but whatever. It sucks. Oh, man. You got, so then, I hate this. So then Archon shoot, shoots his gas pipe and it, it explodes. It's just spitting fire. And he takes the witch and, and the girl to go find a Nuclon. New, I don't know why I can't say it. A Neutron. Because <laughs> you keep trying to say Archon and, yeah. <laughs> and Neutron. <laughs> so so they, they uh, take this girl. And then in the meantime, Dar can't get past the, this uh, fire. So he's just standing there. And then we get another new character and the first part or the the second part of this shared cinematic universe that we were creating with uh, with the first Beastmaster. If you listen to that episode, we said that uh, that at uh, John Amos, who played uh, the warrior named Seth, he we, we said at the, at the end of the movie, you know Seth. Uh, walked away and found a portal found a portal decides to get married <laughs> changes his name yeah he comes to America yeah he comes to America he gets married to a, a nice woman who fat found him you know wandering around with just a loincloth her name is Florida <laughs> he has some kids and you know after a while he he liked living on Earth, but then he's like, you know, I really, I should go back home. So he he says, yeah, I'm going out of state to find a job. <laughs> and, and then disappears, so the company has to call Florida and say, you know, your husband's dead. Damn, damn, damn! <laughs> but then at the same time, you see this, um, the police have shown up now because, of course, the, there's this gas blowing out of this, uh, this this pipe and it's on fire. So, of course, the cops have been called. They've got the gas turned off, but now there's this man in a loincloth and a tiger sitting at the end of this uh, alleyway <laughs> and they don't know what to do. <laughs> so they call in the police sergeant, played by none other than James Avery, who... <laughs> Who I am almost positive as this movie goes on. He he says, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to go back to law school and become a lawyer. <laughs> goes through law school. Gets married to a nice woman named Vivian. He has three kids. And then his nephew comes from Philadelphia. I mean, to stay with it is L.A. I know. That's why it, it's the same dude. Yeah. But yes, James Avery plays this put-upon sergeant who has to deal with this. So they decide to get trank guns. They trank the tiger. And that 
sets Dar off, so they, they hit Dar with the taser. Comes to the next day, and they... Or no, not even before that. Um, while the cops are dealing with Dar, then Arklon and this woman and the witch are just wandering L.A., and they, they keep getting hassled by people on the street because they're wearing these barbarian clothes. Oh, I forgot and, about this. And Carrie's like, you can't keep walking around dressed like that. You gotta blend in. So they go to this discount 80s mall, which is looks pretty shitty, but since this movie came out in 91, it's kind of that decline of the 80s mall. Right. So it, it's more of like a because it, it's it's got a big sign outside that says you know uh, everything eighty percent off, so it's kind of a warehouse sale as the eighties mall is closing down, and this uh, stereotypical gay guy comes out and decides to dress Arklon. Oh, and he's speaking and in the worst, the worst accent. Yeah, it's supposed it's, to be. He, I don't know if it's is it French. Is it? I thought that was kind of like Latin. He was trying to be a, a Latin, a Latino gay man or something. I don't know what it was. But he, he decides to go dress Arklon. And all Arklon really does is just get like a big sport coat <laughs> shoulder pants. <laughs> but the witch is like, oh, you know, I'll take something. You know, so she gets this other, she gets this dress. Yeah, she got like showing a, off her cleavage. She got like a sequin which, dress. A blue sequin. Yeah. Yeah, but her her cleavage is not that much to speak of. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. But I just think it's weird. I mean, you still are not walking around. You're still not going to not draw attention to yourself walking around with that. It's, just, it's like a shimmery dress. Yeah, but I don't think she really cares. It's more Arklon. He's just wearing this big Seinfeld stand-up, com- uh, stand-up comedian suit coat with the big shoulder blades yeah, and his, he's and still his, got a sword and his phantom of the opera mask yeah he's got the phantom of the opera mask he's got a sword and that that magic scepter strapped to his chest so it's not really hiding anything <laughs> it's like you know? gi joe where they walk around they always have weapons on their person because they don't reanimate anything yeah and you know the the salesman is like you know you should try this this will look great on you and then he's like uh Arklon says what is it? And and the salesman said it's made from the the finest virgin wool. Oh. And Arklon says uh, where I'm from, virgins are meant to be. Our virgins are only good for one thing, and that's sacrifice. And the gay guy kind of looks at him and is like, "I've sacrificed many virgins myself." Like, oh, like, oh don't 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 no 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 no, oh. Any, but again, with that accent, because the way he says it, God sacrificed a lot of virgins too. <laughs> so then, <laughs> what are you supposed to be? Where are you supposed to be from, dude? Stop it. <laughs> Arklon's like, you know, if, if you were where I'm from, I'd have you drawn and quartered and stuff. So Arklon goes into. Arklon sits the girl down. He goes in, into, like, the the changing room and puts on this sport coat and he walks out and he's like where's the girl and the salesman like I don't know she left so he starts throwing this temper tantrum and he's shooting this scepter <laughs> off <laughs> he wrecks the fucking place 
place. <laughs> he shot up the place with the lasers. <laughs> uh, and then he, and then blew, he, like, he just... destroyed mannequins. He blew the doors on the changing room while women are changing clothes. But because this is um, this is not Beastmaster One, um, and it's PG or PG thirteen, like they're complete. I mean, they're still they're in they're in um, underwear, but you know you don't get. You know, you don't get you don't get scenes. You don't get scenes of like women with no bottom pieces and no top pieces like you did like you did in the first one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then of course you get uh, you get the scene where where James A. Avery shows up at the mall and he he's getting the report from his uh, number two and <laughs> James Avery says, um, so a bar or uh, a psycho with a green laser just comes in here to blow brassiers off of mannequins. <laughs> yeah. And this is when he says, I'm going home. I've had enough. And that's the moment he, he goes and he, he puts back in his application for law school. And then he kind of gets like, I'd, he's kind of like thinking ahead, like his career path. And he's like, you know, one day, and one day I could be a judge. And he's like, wants to get voted. And he's like, how would his campaign go as they vote for? Philip Banks. Ticket. Philip Banks. Ticket. Philip Banks. Pick up Philip Banks. Take a bite by bite. Take a bite by bite. Bite by that I cry. So so then it cuts to the police station and they are questioning Dar. And they decide to question Dar with Kodo and Poto still in their leather bag. <laughs> Dar sword His weapon is- <laughs> there, you know, because clearly it, it's been overnight. It would be in the evidence locker, and he would be yeah. like cuffed to the table. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, okay, so what's your name? And Dar's just looking at him. He's not talking. He's like, well, do you speak English? Dar's not talking to him. So, so uh, James Avery's like. You know, I've had enough with these crazy people running around town today or or tonight. And he he drops down this uh this composite sketch, and it happens to be Arclon. So he sees uh Darcy's Arclon. He's like, Arclon, Arclon, I must find him. Where is he? And he's like, Oh, so you know this guy? So this like, oh, so you know English too? Now answer some yeah. questions for me. Yeah, so he just sits there and bides his time, and then finally Dar just says, "says fuck it." He grabs his shit. He grabs the fingers, <laughs> and he just smashes, <laughs> smashes through his, smashes through the window, and goes running through the police station, and he's <laughs> knocking chairs over, and he leaves. Everybody's just sitting there looking like, oh, "What?" And so, and so then. <laughs> So then Philip Banks, he just starts closing the windows like, hey, get out of here. Haven't you ever seen Tarzan before? Go back to your job. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> so he, he jumps out of the window. He runs out the street and Carrie Word just happens to show up. And and she's like, hey, get in. You know, I've been looking for you. And and Dar says, Where, where's Arklon? And he, she's like, oh, I don't know. I got away from him. So she takes him home to feed him and stuff. Well, um, they don't make it home just yet. They're driving through downtown LA. And this is another point where I turn the television off. I said, I can't stand this. 
Um, so they're driving through downtown LA and you know, in the nineties. So you see Capitol Records, you see in Porno Theaters. Oh yeah, it's the uh, stereo stereotypical uh California LA driving around montage. Right, right. And then she he's like looking around, how does this carriage move without horsepower? And she's like, Oh, it just needs a tune up, that's all. And then she uh cuts the radio on, starts playing some butt rock, and he's like <gasps> he like gets startled and she's like, It's rock and roll. He's like, Rock, rock and roll. You mean like the papier mache boulders that tried to crush us in the earlier scene? It's like, no, I wasn't there in that scene. Oh, okay, then you don't remember, but that's what happened to us earlier. And then they're driving around. So you're getting in LA, wherever you see in the they drive past a um and this is what pissed me off. They oh you see like Chinese theater, but then you see like another theater. No, wait, wait, but before that, before before because I know what you're getting to. Oh but before okay. that, she she's driving at this intersection and then Dr. Dre and Snoop drive by in, in this <laughs> This 04 caddy lowrider. And she, <laughs> she yells at him, asshole. And Dar looks at him, he's like, asshole? Asshole. And so he's just there pointing at people on the street, asshole. <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and she's just laughing and he doesn't know what the hell he's saying. And then. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so then the, they drive past the movie theater. There's like, well, it's got like the, um, and you can tell it dates itself because you see like the marquee up there and it has like um, Days of Thunder but starring Tom Cruise and it had Ghost Dad up there. Oh, yeah. And, like, well, and then I think I didn't rewind and look, but I think I saw Cosby in the background. He tripped and fell down the steps. <laughs> but then they start driving further and there's another movie theater and it says Beastmaster 2 through the portal of the time. And he looks up there. And he's like, hey, and he starts tapping Carrie Wur and she doesn't get she's watching the road. She's not paying attention here. And he's all pointing to the marquee. And then he looks at her, and then he spikes the camera. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't give me that. I, you know what? I turn it, I turn this shit off. No. Yeah, I'm watching this scene right now. <laughs> no. Yeah, he... There's even a poster outside with his face on it. I said, you know what? Like, nah, you... Fuck you. Fuck you, movie. Shut the fuck up, movie. <laughs> I'm not taking so, that. I'm not taking this. So I, I turned it off. That was that was um that was maybe like two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't pick the movie back up again for for another week, and I'm texting Jay like I cannot stand this. Yeah. So so then it cuts to as they're driving along, it cuts to this outside of this bar, and you see Arklon and this this like military guy coming out with these two hookers and and the military guy's drunk and, and Arklon's laughing and they're just having that's a good right. time. That's right! Yeah, he comes they come, they come stumbling out of the shoe <laughs> show and they're all laughing together, drunk and shit, and he's like oh, those were some very nice girls they're really nice to us, they're all, they're all laughing <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Arklon drags his dude down an alley and the guy's like, where are we going? Are we going to find more girls? And he's he he karate chops him in the back of the neck and throws him up against the wall and then grabs both sides of his head and he's like now nah, I'm invading your mind and, and I will know everything you will know and then your mind will cease to exist and then this poor actor he, he's trying to roll his eyes back up in his head and he's he's making himself shake and vibrate and then he just closes his eyes now, where did this power come from that wasn't established that he had that nope and none of it is. None of it makes sense. 
it just happened. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, so that's what we're just doing that now. Yeah, we're doing it, and it's done. And so then it cuts to Carrie Wurr's house, and she's got this butler that she brings that comes to the door, and she's like, hey, this is Dar. Hey, we're hungry. You know, why don't you get us some food? And and the the butler's all put upon, you know. And he goes to the refrigerator and brings out two already made plates. They weren't like covered or anything. They're already made with, you know, the stereotypical 90s Beverly Hills, like, I want to say fancy food where it's all like made up all nice and pretty and it's like a piece of celery but it's got a cherry tomato on top just so and it's yeah. wrapped with you know a piece of meat or something or pimento Some prosciutto yeah you know it's just made up just so but he has two perfect plates just in the refrigerator waiting for all you needed was some grape coupon right there and you would have been right there yeah and <laughs> and so they just start eating and then Dar brings out Koto and Poto and he's feeding them and then the bird flies in from from outside, and and the <laughs> well, the bird doesn't fly. He he straight calls him in. That's right. He, he calls. <laughs> and he just flies in through the window and just starts pecking at this what pile of ham. With you? It's just just a pile of ham that's in the, that's <laughs> on the table, and this bird just starts pecking at this pile of ham, and and the the butler's like, oh, I'm. I'm gonna have to call your father about this. This isn't this. I I don't know what this is. <laughs> I mean, that's where he drew the line, though. At the at the eagle flying through. Not that she brought like a seemingly homeless man, half dressed homeless man into the into the uh, house, and he's just eating up their food. Yeah. So so then she goes and has to show him TV because it can't be a fish out out of water, you know coming out of the TV or another dimension or, or the distant past without having to show him TV. Yeah, but she says, hey, let's watch the news and then first turns the TV and there's like some sex movie on. Yeah. And then he just runs directly to the TV. He's all trying to touch it and feel it. I'm like, hey, man. It's... it's You you into that group thing, I see? It's... Trying to help him along? Some bad... Because it's just this woman going, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> And all you, you see, it, like a shirtless dude, it, it, you just see his back as he's like doing push ups. <laughs> I think there's a woman under him, but I don't know. It's just, he's got, he's got his pants on, but his shirt's off, and you just see his back while he's like pushing himself up and down. And then he's, he, he's, they're in the living room, and they're looking at pictures of, of Carrie Ware's family. He's like, okay, yeah, this is my dad. But he's looking at the pictures as if he's never seen a picture before. But they have paintings because they had them in the first movie. There are yeah. pa- paintings of people. So he knows what a painting is, what a picture is. But he's looking at it like, what, what is this? And then there's another scene where he walks by a mirror and it's like, he's never seen a mirror before. But a mirror yeah, played been around for yeah. centuries. A mirror what was a prominent scene in in one of the movies in in the yeah. first movie. But then they just start watching the news, and they uh, they cut to a scene where uh, 
of reporters outside a military base talking about military drills or something like that. And all of a sudden, you see Archon now in the in that uh, in that soldier dude's uh, overcoat and hat. And he's yeah. he's still got the fucking thing on his face. <laughs> you are blending in like that now. Granted, I know they don't know everybody. There's probably hundreds of employees that they have, and if you have the suit on, they're probably not going to blink two eyes. But I'm pretty sure they know they don't have a guy with half a face. Yeah. Yeah, so, so then they, they get in the car. Well, no, but before they, they get in the car, they're like, oh, you can't go to the military base with no shirt on. So here, here's my dad's <laughs> cowboy hat and duster. Just put this on. You don't need a shirt. No, no. You still don't need a shirt. Just put on this, this uh, cowboy hat and duster, and you'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, because this is... Yeah, because that's not going to stand out in L.A. <laughs> well, military not in L.A. Well, yeah, on a military base for sure. So it cuts to to the military base, and and Arklon is is uh, getting through security because he knows everything the other military dude knew because he read his mind or whatever. And he's he's uh, heading to the the next building to go to where the the reactor is, and he's met by that that uh, I'm watching the scene right now. He does. He does a salute the way Trump does, where he doesn't put his hand up to his head. He just kind of waves. <laughs> just kind of throws his hand up and waves. <laughs> and and he, he's doing that, and then he meets up with the witch, who so, somehow the the witch has gotten on the base, and she's dressed in full, um, like officer's uniform, you know, and she's. Her, she, she's buttoned up so her cleavage and everything isn't showing or anything like that. Yeah, I still want to know how she got that uniform and got onto the base when before when she was in that sparkly dress. Yeah, I don't know. It her whole thing is not explained at all. But uh, she, she she's like, well, you're going to need me to get down there because you know I have these these IDs so we can get through security and get to the, this thing. So. They get down to, to the security area and give the badges to the guy that, that's that's watching. And the security badges she stole have faces. They have pictures on them. And it's two old men. And they're <laughs> trying to pass themselves off. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah this ain't you. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. We can't let you back there. So, so then... Uh, Archon just beats him up and then shoots the, the lock and goes into the room where where the, the uh, reactor is and they steal it and they come running out and as they're they're running out Archon's like shooting the laser all over the place and at one point the laser stops working I, I, I don't know if it needed a magical recharge or something but it didn't work and then the witch has the, this comment of a something like uh, um, some men have that issue sometimes or something like that. Gee, <laughs> it is really weird. And then they, because I, I guess since he he knows what they know, he knows how to drive a car. So then they jump well, in this. Well, Jeep. rewind because. 
I, I, was that what set him off? Because he grabs her by the head and does the same thing. No, that that happens as they, they get in the, the jeep. Okay, because that was the um, other thing, you know, about this jeep. You know what you're about to say. So, not only you've come over to this into this world, you know nothing of. You don't know what a car is, but now you can jump in. Not only can you drive it, but you can also drive stick. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Yeah, it's magic. So anyway, he he, they're in the jeep. He grabs the witch by the head, and starts reading her mind. He f- finds out that the witch was actually gonna gonna once they got the reactor back to their world, she was gonna kill him anyway. And it makes and me wonder why was... he just do that from the beginning, back when he first when she first showed him. Yeah, because like so the power came out of nowhere. It's like they wrote themselves. They they had the, they had the story written out. And like, oh wait a minute. How are we yeah. going? How are we going to have the, uh, you know, have the betrayal happen? How are we going to have the double cross? So they—that's that's when they brought him <clears> that he has the power to read minds all of a sudden now, because it wasn't there before. Yeah, and then she uh, she says, "Well, you know, you need me to get get home." And she he's like, "No, you don't, because I've read your mind. Uh, the portal won't open again until a full moon, which is tonight." And so he's like, "I don't need you anymore." So he throws her out of the jeep and she smashes why he her head up her on the, the curb. <laughs> she smashes her head on the curb and I don't know if that was fake or not because it looked like she hit. Yeah, it looked like she did, kind of took that bump wrong. Like a botching wrestling. Yeah. yeah, so then he escapes and as as he's driving away, Dar and, and the woman are, and Kat Curry were driving back and they see you know Archon drive past him. And then you know the witch just jumps in their car, right? <laughs> in the back, and then she's like, and Carrie Wurr is like, "Hey, get out of my car!" She doesn't pull over, or like you know try to force her out. She says, "Hey, get out, get out of the car!" <laughs> she just keeps driving with it. Yeah, and, and the witch is like, "No, you need me to to stop Arklon, and, and I know where he's going." And so Dar says, "Well, you better not be lying to me because." And she says, I know, I I know, you're going to cleave my heart from my, my bosom. And then she says, I don't know why everyone wants to uh, cleave my bosom so much. It cleaves just just fine on its own. Yeah, so Dara looks at her, and he, like, puts the sword back in the sheath, like, oh, touche. But, uh, and I actually, I actually legit laughed at that. Like, that was actually kind of funny. Yeah, that's the <laughs> only line that I remember. That's the only thing that I remember from this movie when I saw it back, you know, on USA Up All Night. Yeah, well, again, these were my first times ever watching it, so I didn't know that. But yeah, that, that was the one that I actually legit laughed at that. I'm like, okay, that was a good callback to the lines that came up a couple of times. And then her finally being like, you know, all right, paying it off. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, um, they're driving, try, trying to find Arklon, and the police are trying to find Arklon. And they have, I don't know why the military is involved in it. The military should be doing this on their own. Because actually, it should, should be joint task force between the military and the FBI. The local cops should not be involved in this at all anymore. Well, the only it's reason- now a national security matter. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah, they should have handed it off. Because I'll say the only reason why they were involved is because. You know, they were. I guess there were people of interest once this disturbance happened with the gas leak. And but yeah, once once they you know once they started breaking into military bases, yeah, the you know they should have taken the local cops off of this. 
gotten the information they needed from him and then take them off of this had you know had the FBI and the uh, military take over. Yeah, but they don't, and they have this general who's the only general who knows how, how to turn off the detonator. Oh, and that because, comes into play later in a way that pissed me off. But keep going. Yeah, because as they were stealing it, these two scientists were actually like turning it on to test it, and then you know Archon stole it, and it was set and primed, and and the scientists never had a chance to turn it off. Yeah. So. So, um, you know, it cuts to them driving away. Archon has used... Archon is back at the... Uh, the... Uh, alley. And he, he's about to step through the portal. But Dar shows up. Pulls him away. Dar tries to... to uh, appeal to his sense of de- de- decency. And say, you know, we're brothers. And we shouldn't fight. We should be together. And but it's weird because right there he says, brother, I could have taught you so many things. I was like, you know, a, a couple hours ago, you didn't know you had a brother. What were you going to teach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, there's no screenplay here, man. They just after a while, they just started ad living. And so they start just, you know, talking to each other. And then the cops show up. So then Arklon takes off. They, I kind of tuned out. They they climb up the building and they're like racing on the rooftops. Man, Most of the cops okay, when, go after Dar, and none of them go after Arklon for some reason. That was when they're on the fire escape, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then they just pull out the guns and start shooting, and and, Jay, and Philip Banks is like, "Hey, get it out! Stop shooting! Stop shooting!" <laughs> just, like, yeah, you guys are firing into an apartment building. You're gonna hit the wrong people. Yeah. So, so, so they're up on this. They're up on the, the, this roof, roof, and Carrie Wurr has found this like a uh, construction crane that was nearby. And Dar, you know, she she pulls it so Dar can get up there can, and grab it, and she's gonna, gonna lower it, but she doesn't know how to work it. Right, because you know that was I was about to get pissed at that scene because I was watching it when the um when the hook you know from the crane comes around i'm like who's doing that and it's her i'm like oh so you're just not to work cranes all of a sudden but then you realize oh no she really doesn't <laughs> yeah so like oh, okay all right so like fair enough and he's a good you know she puts it up and down and she can't she's turning it left and right she can't quite get it but you know at the end of it he's a good like five six stories from the ground and he just loses his grip and he falls <laughs> He falls right into her car, and he's perfectly fine. And he looks up like, huh? Oh, wow. Hey, I'm okay. Yeah, no, you're breaking your neck, um, some other bones, and you're not making it through the rest of this movie. Yeah, and then they tell the witch, you know, go find somebody. I, I forget who it was she was supposed to go find. Was it? I mean, the they got general? the witch right there. Yeah, the general, but you know they got the witch right there. They played this completely wrong. They should have, you know, they actually should have had him fall and get hurt and have her heal him. That way, that would sell the fact that okay, she maybe has had a true face turn. She helped save his life, and then she goes to look for the general. But yeah, but she she's just gone and she's she's looking for the, this general, and you don't see her again. That's right. She doesn't come back. Yeah, she she's like okay, I'll I'll find the the general, 
and then she's gone for the rest of the movie. I guess somebody found a better use of her bosom. Yeah. And so now we're now Arklon is driving around aimlessly for God knows what reason. He ends up at a zoo. And now, is there a reason why he went this direction? No, because I kind of forgot, and I literally just watched this a couple hours ago. Okay, because I was gonna say, I don't know what he like if there was a reason he was trying to set it up over there. No, because why would you go when you've got the Beastmaster? Tailing you to a place full of beasts. I think he got lost, and he doesn't know what a zoo is. I, I guess he doesn't. I'm just saying. I just thought that was weird that this happened to end up there. Yeah, but I mean, that's it's kind of like, like the end of Jim Cotta, where there just happened to be a pommel horse in the final scene. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, you know, they they end up at this zoo, and and as Arklon's walking around you see Dar is in the car you know and in the first movie they would do that eagle vision where you would see through through the eagle's eyes like Dar's doing yeah now they just have the eagle and then makes like a makes a makes a sound effect and And they just have Dar playing where it is yeah and he he's like uh there's a bunch of trees and some buildings oh it's Griffith Park oh now there's animals all over the place oh he's at the zoo so then they drive to the zoo, and and uh, of course the bird is already there. Um, Arklon sees the eagle. He's like, "Oh, you've been spying on me this whole time." And he's like, "I I remember you. You're the one that tried to take my face." And he pulls his uh, his half mask off, and you know his eyes fine. There's just some scarring underneath it, a little bit, but not much. So, you know, the bird tries to attack him, and he takes that scepter, and he blasts it. He shoots the bird. The bird's not dead, because it's breathing. Just Peter was right there. (laughs) (laughs) And and right after he shoots the bird, he, he turns around, and Dar's there. And Dar's like, you killed my true brother. You're no brother. Or that bird was more brother to me than you'll ever be. And and uh, Archon shoots the, the ground with this uh, with this uh, scepter. And I I guess this zoo is near the Bray Tar Pits because a hole opens up in the ground and just fire. Because that was gonna be my other thing. I was like, why the hell? In the middle of the zoo, is there just a chasm with fire in it? <laughs> it just, just happens to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess, you know, this giant chasm opening up has loosened all the bars because an elephant breaks loose. Uh, a real Black Panther shows up and and has jumped out of its cage. Rue climbs up the... Because the, uh, Rue was there, too, conveniently. Well, because, remember, they tased him. And they took him to the zoo because they thought oh, he yeah. escaped the zoo. Yeah, so, um, or tranked him, whatever. Rue has has climbed out, and Rue is is now on the sideline watching. And Koto and Poto are loose. Koto and Poto uh, jump, and they bite uh, Arkla on his hand, and he drops the the neutron thing. And so Dar 
pulls out his sword, and Archon pulls out his sword. They start, you know, doing the grandstanding talking thing that everyone does. And as they're talking, Rue comes up behind and snatches the the magic scepter out of his uh, out of Archon's hands, and and Dar's like, "Okay, Rue, you you hold on to that and go over there." So then they start fighting. Well, before they start fighting, though, do you remember what happened? Carrie were over there with uh, with Koto and Poto. Happened oh. to bump into <laughs> to the sound system, and she cues up the laser light show, and then some sort of sounder, I guess, for where they do the um, the animal um, ex- you know, exhibit, the exhibition or whatever, and <laughs> the announcer basically announcing like. You know, it's a grand grand spectacle of them all, and this is about to say whatever. You know, basically, let's get ready to rumble, but without saying that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so it's like setting up the sword fight, like they're like, like, like it's a gladiator match. Yeah, with I, I forget what the two an- animals are that are supposed to be in this. It's like the, the great lion and something else. <coughs> yeah, but so it, then oh, that made me so angry. I'm like. I'm looking at the clock. Okay, 30 minutes left. Yeah, so then they're, they're fighting, and then it's a nut shot, then another nut shot, and then Dar somehow gets his sword in between Archon's legs and starts threatening and cuts, it, cuts yeah. his nuts off. <laughs> kind of slice him up the middle. <laughs> and then, you know, they're... You know, what sucked is, you know, this... Because there's fire everywhere. And it's sort of reminiscent of the fight in the first movie with the leader with the ex- of the Juns. In the exploding tar? Yeah, but there's no... In, in that fight, there's no um, talking. It's all just straight straight fighting, sword fighting. Right. And, you know, you can tell Mark Singer trained and then the... Whoever played that leader in the other movie... It's probably just stunt double, but this movie it's both actors, and I'm guessing the other actor was not, you know, like a proficient swords person or didn't re- really train with swords, so the fight isn't very good. No, there aren't in since, since this movie is more the the fish out of water element that I hate. Than an actual like sword and sandals movie, you don't. There's not a lot of sword fighting in this movie at all. Yeah, but when they finally gave it to you, they made sure to put it in the sand. <laughs> oh yeah, look they, like a, they found a way <laughs> and look like a look, look like a like a sanctioned gladiator fight. Yeah, so you know they fight, and of course, Dar um, almost loses, and. And uh, he's Dar's now hanging on the cliff, and this this chasm just gets deeper and deeper. <laughs> yeah, it was like reason. a little rift at first, and now all of a sudden it's like it's like thirty stories down. Yeah, so so Dar's on on this cliff, and he's about to die, and but, but he he dodges Archon's final blow, and pulls Archon in, so Archon goes falling, and this is bad video effect of fire on Archon's face. <laughs> and, and, and then he falls 9,000 feet into 
the depths of hell, basically. Oh. So Beastmaster grabs his sword and all this stuff, and he goes over to the eagle, and he sees the eagle still sort of breathing. So he... I think... Does he leave him? No, he picks him up. Yeah, he and, picks him up and realizes he's alright. Yeah. So, you know, that's going on. Dar, Dar leaves. And leaves Carrie were there with, with Kodo and Poto. And then this stupid, this general that, that knows the code, but they're <laughs> playing this general as just a bumbling idiot. Oh, it made me so mad because he's looking at just, well, uh, Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, because <laughs> from, from the beginning, the, the general's like, yep, yeah, 30 minutes and it's the end of the world. Yeah, he's looking at his, yeah, he's like thirty seconds, and the whole world goes kablooey. It's like, yep. And so James Avery just sitting there, like, mm. like just stone faced, like, okay, do something. So he's like, kind of futzing him with it, and he's like, oh, you know, I was watching Hill Street Blues last night. Did you ever watch that? That's a pretty good show. Have you seen the episode last night? He's like, what do you guys want to do? Damn it! And he's like, oh, it's just like kind of been like, oh, well, you know. I also saw Cheers. Cheers is a really good show. You know, Coach died, and they replaced. What you get? He's like, so he, <laughs> with one second left, he gets it done. Oh, I now remember, and he gets it. Stops it at yeah. a second when everybody. Like, yeah, Avery, man. Avery keeps yelling at, at him, and, and, and the general's like, "Hey, don't rush me. I know what I'm doing." <laughs> and so, yeah, oh. with, with one second left, he, he turn, turns it off, and he's like, "Yep, see." There, it's all done, and then he throws it, it at him. <laughs> He's like, "Okay, I'm going home." Oh my man, this movie is terrible. This movie's heinous. I, I mean, I don't even think our description is giving is doing it justice. No, because we we I think we actually made it sound fun. People don't watch this. No, but um, you know, Carrie Ware starts looking around for Dar. Like, where is he? He's not here. And then she's like, oh, he probably went back to the alley. And sure enough, she pulls up and Dar's got the eagle and he's got he's got the tiger. And he uh, he's got the scepter and he basically tells Carrie, you you can keep Kodo and Poto because I've got other Kodo and Poto. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say that. They die in every movie, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I got other ones. I got backup. He's like, you keep him. You know, I'm going to go home. So he opens the portal. He tells her they'll keep him out of keep her out of trouble. I'm like, uh, will they? All they do is steal stuff. Yeah. And all she does so is steal goes, stuff. She's going to be a regular Winota rider. So he goes through the portal. And turns around, and and she's about to say something to him, but she doesn't. You know, she she's like Dar, and then she stands there, and he's like waving back, and then the portal closes, and it's just a brick wall again. But then, as she walks away, the outline of the portal sort of comes back but it looks like a penis I you know okay so you caught that too I'm like that was awfully phallic yeah it, it was just like this blue because there is some faded graffiti there <laughs> that um, that the portal sort of like wraps around this blue outline sort of wraps around right. it I'm trying to pull it up and see if it says oh it says Adventure Island it's got a clown 
but is he tied to a pole? <laughs> no, because that's the same question we asked when we did episode thirty-four. We still don't have an answer. <laughs> no, we don't. We'll, f- we'll figure that one out later. But but a- as it goes, as this blue outline goes around, you know, the, this picture, it looks like a dick. So okay, see, I thought that was me just being stupid. But okay, if you saw that too, then okay, we can't both be wrong. Uh-uh. That was a phallic. So then, you know, it cuts back to this desert, and it's Dar walking around. And he comes upon these like four people, and he's like, and one of the uh, travelers is like, uh, "Where are you headed?" Dar's like, "I'm headed west." And he's like, "What about you? Why are you in this this desert?" And the Travers like we we come to worship our God. He's like what? He he's like they left a magic item here, and you know no one knows where it came from or or uh, what it does. And it turns out it's Carrie Wurr's car. This and it's all these people standing <laughs> around Carrie Wurr's car, <laughs> and. and <laughs> and and they're they're futzing with it, and all of a sudden the radio comes on, and this butt rock comes blaring out. And, and Dar looks, and Dar looks at the dude, and he taps taps him in in the chest, like, "Oh, hey, that's, that's rock and roll." And and the traveler's like, "Rock and roll." And they all walk over to the car, and there's this one dude who they, they all start dancing like. <laughs> You, I was you ever seen that? I wish I could. <laughs> you ever seen hippies on uh, on ecstasy at like a, a a Burning Man or or a fish concert, and they they got like one leg in the air and they just kind of stomp down and they put the other leg up. Have you, it's kind of that dance. Have you played any of the Grand Theft Auto games and seen the people dancing? That's what it looks like to me when they put their hands up. <laughs> just yeah, kind of bobbing what? their hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, everyone's crowded around this car and it's playing this music. And then you you see Dar start to walk over that and he's he's hitching his sword sword on better. I thought for sure he was going to get in the car and just drive off in the sunset. (laughs) But instead, he walks past it and him and the tiger just start running. Yeah. Through the fucking desert. Who? Why would you run through the (laughs) desert first? I don't know. But then it just shows Dar and and uh, Rue running to the sunset, and then the eagles flying over him. And credits. And credits. Like I said, this movie is heinous. Jay, this was your idea. No, I don't think. It, I don't think it was completely my idea. I guess it really wasn't. I guess it was a. I guess it was a combination of things. It was a because I told you it was bad. I told I told you in that first Beastmaster one that it was bad. Hey, I forget we we kind of posited theories of like how we got around to this. So I guess it's not completely your idea. It's something we feel like you know what, fuck it, we might as well. Oh yeah, but this movie is terrible. All I can say is I really want to see it. No, don't watch it. it. if you really want to see it, it's on, it's on uh, YouTube in full. I'm telling you, don't look. I, I couldn't even get through one. I couldn't get through my. It took me five sittings to get through my first viewing of it. Oh, you know what it's we can do? Shut up! No, we're not doing the TV series. 
No, I'm not talking about the TV series. We're not the, doing the third movie. No, no, we're not. Beastmaster Three: The Eye of Braxis. It's only an hour and fifteen minutes long, and no. that one, Mark Singer. I, I'm just looking at the little thumbnail when you put the thing over it. Mark Singer looks a lot better. It's <laughs> a lot healthier in this one. <laughs> Botox. Yeah, and uh, this one came out in '95, and I I know for a fact that this one deals with the younger brother. So the younger brother comes back, <laughs> but he, he, he's <laughs> an younger, adult now. Younger brother who no longer existed in this one. Yeah, he he's an adult played by a young Casper Van Dien. You know what? I'm saying no, but I feel like at some point we're gonna end up back there. <laughs> one of these days we're gonna. Yeah, we'll have to find another reason. <laughs> I got a feeling we're just gonna end up back there. So let's but just. I I also know that this one was a made for TV it was made for NBC movie so I mean it's it's probably going to be even worse than a regular Hollywood movie oh. that uh, Beastmaster 1 and 2 were well so that was here. the first of two bowel movements that we'll be covering in, <laughs> bowel movement. yeah. in, in BM2 yeah and uh, like I said the next one the next one is bad, but it is not. Like I said, it's watchable. It's not as bad as it is competent. It's not as it's nowhere near the shitstorm that this one was. Yeah. Now I will say we covered the first one, uh, and I listened back to that first one about a month ago, and I said in that episode that I actually liked the sequel better than the first one. I don't know if that's true because I watched the sequel. It was on TV, you know. Yeah, I think three weeks ago. I don't know what you were thinking. And it's really bad. It's worse than I thought it was. I don't know what you were thinking saying that. The first one, first one is way better than this. I don't know why. I don't know what kind of. I don't know what Quentin slipped into your. Um, I don't know. I don't know into your session right there. But that's nah. That's that's not. That's not better. No. And you people can probably figure it out. We're not going to tell you though. No, you know, it's another BM. It. So figure um, that one out. But it is, yeah, and it is. And the other thing is uh, that, it, despite where we had some like audio drag and some 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 uh, slippage right there with the uh, audio, where the tracks kind of got fucked up, <laughs> that is one of my favorite episodes that we've ever yeah. done. I love that episode. <laughs> that was a great episode. But uh, all right, well, that like I said, that finally excises the demons from this podcast, so we can get back on a regular schedule. Um, that one really held us up. Uh, yeah and I think we'll be and better now. you can yes yes and you can find us as always at www.nojibbajabbafm.com facebook.com slash nojibbajabbafm on twitter at deathcakespod individually you are at jru78 I am at ilrockski we're on instagram at nojibbajabbafm uh, that does it yes. yeah that does it for me so, alright. Till next time, folks. See ya!
Let's leave Chicago to the Eskimo. That town a little bit too rugged for you and me. Side, Santa and the wind's blowing. 